how rising rates and oil prices are contributing to 6.4% inflation in the U.S. This is a January 2023 inflation deep dive. In this presentation, I'll go through the Bureau of Labor Statistics recently released January 2023 inflation data. Ultimately, what we're all trying to figure out is, are we headed for a recession or has the Fed engineered a soft landing? I lean towards the recession scenario, but so far the Fed seems to be gliding the economy towards a soft landing. So what do you think? Are we headed for a recession or has the Fed engineered a soft landing? Welcome to the Become a Better Investor community. Let's get started. You can download this chart deck for free by clicking on the get the PDF link at myworstinvestmentever.com or by clicking the link in the description of this video. January US CPI was up 6.4% year on year, continuing its slowdown from its 9% peak in June 2022. The 6.4% level was kept high mainly by high food and energy prices. Now food is about 13.5% of the overall CPI in the US and energy is 6.9%. These are relatively small items, but they have been high. And what we can see is food was up 10.1% year on year, but continued its fifth straight month of slowdown. Food peaked in August 2022, when it was up by 11.4% but food is very slow to come down. Now that 10.1% food price rise was driven by food consumed at home, which was up by 11.3%. Food at home is about 8.7% of total CPI. Now, though oil price has fallen, prior oil price shocks are still feeding into the food supply chain. In addition, Food supply chain seems to still be damaged by the U.S. government's economy lockdown. Next, let's look at the energy component of CPI. The energy component is more than just oil. It's many different things, but the energy component rose by 8.7% year-on-year. Oil was a $100 a barrel in July of 2022, and now it's at $80 per barrel, and that June and July of 2022 was the peak for the energy component, and it's come down massively. Now, when you smooth those price changes with a 12-month moving average, you see that oil price is the driver of U.S. CPI. Even though it's a small component, what we can see is that it actually drives CPI. So, Energy commodity prices were up only 2.8% thanks to a slower oil and gas price rise. So now let's look into the energy component of CPI. It accounts for 6.9% and is split into two parts. Energy commodities, which is mainly oil and gas, and energy services, which is like utilities and the like, that is therefore slower to react. And we can see that energy services were up 15.6%, which were driven by the prior spikes 
in the commodities of oil and gas, and that's slow to adjust into the energy services. Now, all other items, now, when you look at the U.S. CPI, basically you've got food, you've got energy, and then they say all other items. And so these all other items have been coming down more slowly. This component of CPI is slow to adjust. This is why a few months ago, when I last looked at U.S. inflation, I mentioned that inflation was unlikely to come crashing down because this is a large part of overall CPI. If we exclude food and energy, these items benefited from fall in used vehicle prices, but shelter remains a very high part of it. Now, let's look at this for a second. We can see that the X food and energy items, which account for 79.5% of U.S. CPI, consists of commodities, which is things like vehicles and apparel, you know, clothes. That's about 21.4% of U.S. CPI, and that was only up by 1.4%. In fact, the price rises there were low because apparel was only up by 3.1%. New vehicles were up only by 5.8%. And used cars and trucks were actually down. The prices were down by 116 And then there's medical care commodities, which were up only 34 Now, as far as shelter is concerned, I've broken it out in a supplement below. And the supplement shows that shelter accounts for 34.4% of US CPI, by far the largest item. And this is the concept that they use of owner's equivalent rent. And basically, this is much slower to adjust to the ups and downs of the prices of homes. In fact, what we can see is this owner equivalent rent or shelter is up about 7.9%. And again, this is part of the reason why we shouldn't expect that inflation is going to come crashing down because it has to adjust into this item over time. Now, what I've done in this particular chart, and remember, you can download this chart book. There's a lot of great charts that I've made in here for free. But the energy, and so I've looked at food, energy, and all other items together. Energy, despite its small weight in CPI, seems to always drive consumer prices. And we can see that that year-on-year -year change is massive for energy. Now, I wanted to try to answer a question. Did Putin's invasion of Ukraine drive inflation? Good question. Let's take a look. So now I've taken the three major components of CPI, food, energy, and all other items, and I've put them together in a chart only going back to December of 2020. And what we can see is that it was in basically oil and gas prices started their rise in 2020, and it was caused by the government lockdown when demand bounced back after the lockdown. And that drove up the energy prices. The actual movement of energy prices when Putin invaded Ukraine, in fact, was not that huge compared to the bounce back. So the answer to the question, did Putin's invasion of Ukraine drive inflation? Probably not. All right, let's continue on and try to understand about home prices. Here we can see home prices rose massively thanks to the Fed's nearly free money. And now it could start to actually contract in the negative territory. I want to look at this chart. I have U.S. CPI, U.S. house price, and oil price per barrel. The key thing that I see here is that if we look at the house price, we can go back over time. And so remember that owner's equivalent rent in CPI is very slow to adjust. It's an artificial 
calculation that the Fed does, and that's different from U.S. house price. We can see what's happening with house prices in market prices right now, and that's what I'm looking at right now. And what we can see is that house prices peaked in their growth in June of 2022, where they were up about 16.3%. And recently, housing price increases have been falling pretty significantly. They're now only 5% year-on-year price rise for houses, and I suspect that will go negative soon, the negative growth rate in that. Now, let's continue on with this same data, same chart, looking at oil price, which has already moved to negative. In fact, in January, oil price was down 6.1% year on year. And that means that disinflation is probably in full swing. And that oil price, of course, feeds to the energy component of CPI. Now, the next thing I want to look at is housing prices and see that they've continued slowing from their July 2021 year on year peak of 18%. So this chart basically looks at a 12-month moving average of U.S. CPI, U.S. house prices, and U.S. oil prices. So again, remember that house prices are not reflected in CPI until they are calculated and fed into the owner's equivalent rent. And oil price is felt in CPI in a small way, ultimately, where it's coming in in the energy portion of CPI. But what's interesting is that We had a year-on-year peak increase in the price of houses in July of 2021. And to put things in context, this peak was much higher than the 10% year-on-year peak of housing prices in the 2007 property boom that led to the 2008 financial crisis. So before I wrap up, remember, you can download this chart deck for free by clicking on the get the PDF link at myworstinvestmentever.com or by clicking the link in the description. So let's wrap up with the key points that we want to take away from this. January U.S. CPI was 6.4% year on year, continuing its slide from June 2022's 9.1% year-on-year peak. This was driven by high food and energy-related products. Food was up 10.1% year-on-year, but continued its fifth straight month of slowdown. Food consumed at home was up 11.3%, so that was the big driver. The energy component of CPI rose 8.7% year-on-year, Oil was $100 a barrel in July of 2022. It's now down to 80, and that is reducing the pressure on CPI. Oil price is the main driver. However, energy commodities were up only 2.8% thanks to a slower oil and gas price rise. Now, all other items, excluding food and energy, never rose as much, and they're coming down much more slowly. This group benefited from negative used vehicle prices but shelter costs and owner's equivalent rent kept this number high. Over the long term, energy, despite its small weight in CPI, drives consumer prices. Another key point is Putin's invasion of Ukraine was not the primary driver of the U.S. inflation. Instead, it was the oil and gas price rise in 2021 post the government lockdown when that demand bounced back. And Since 2020, home prices in the U.S. have exploded thanks to the Fed's nearly free money. But those home prices could actually start contracting and even year on year going into negative territory. 
Oil price fell 6.1% year-on-year in January, down from its June 2022 high of 60.8% growth. That was a huge impact. So disinflation is in full swing as the oil price comes down. And home prices continued slowing from January of 2021 peak year-on-year change of 18%. Mainly, I showed that this peak recently is much more extreme than the peak in 2007 before the 2008 crisis. So the bottom line, rising rates and oil prices are contributing to 6.4% inflation in the U.S. in the month of January. I want to wrap up by asking you the same question I started with. What do you think? Are we headed for a recession or has the Fed engineered a soft landings? Ladies and gentlemen, that is how rising rates and oil prices are contributing to 6.4% inflation in the U.S. in the month of January. Have a great day.